Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to MBR, or as we like to call it around here, Nothing But Rants, the show where I find topics that I'm oddly passionate about, and I pontificate upon them. These are not hot takes, but rather takes that I'm hot about. Let's shut up and grab some tape. All right, we are back. That wasn't long. We got to figure out some more uh, opportunities there uh, in terms of lengthening that. Pat does a bunch of like pre shows. Yeah. That's why, I, honestly, that's why I did Friday Night's Mike. So we could clip those down to like two and a half minutes and maybe do like commercials hmm. during these things. Because now I think this is the new strategy. We're going to get our local hour built up like it already is. We're going to max that thing out. Thousands of people watching that. And they're going to roll you jokers into our national audience. And we're just going to consume you. All right, that's what we're going to do. We're not going to make you guys jump from one to the other. We're just going to hang out right here and be one big family for a good hour. So this is our national hour. All right, we're going to talk national college football. If you are interested in the workings of everything else going on in this sport, and trust me, Georgia fans, you're going to want to stick around for this one, give us a chance. All right, if you watch anybody talking national college football, give us an opportunity to be your home right here on NBR, Nothing But Rants, our show where we find topics that we're highly passionate about. We pontificate upon them. These are not hot takes, but other takes we're hot about. Like this one right here. Uh, I, I got to thinking today – that this idea, based off this Dylan Raiola reports, that the NIL was a major factor, right, came in with uh, a last-minute offer, swayed the conversation, changed some things. I, I tend to believe the reporting on that end, and, and all things that I've heard confirm all of that reporting. There was a, uh, a new agency, it sounds like, that gave a new set of set, quote-unquote, not necessarily demands, but like, hey, this is what it's probably going to take. Uh, Nebraska didn't bat an eye. This was kind of news to Georgia, is what it's been retailed or relayed to me how this all shook out. So if you uh, align with that group of thinking or that process of thinking, um, then you then you uh, come to the conclusion that Nebraska has spent an exorbitant amount of money, all right, on one specific football player, and we don't know about all the other spending. And what I thought about and what I was texting you guys in the chat, my immediately thought was, I mean, that's great. You spent a lot of money on one individual player, but individual players at even a, a position like quarterback – it's really only going to account for like seven or eight wins. It's not going to be like a national title winning team. You know how I know this? We just watched Jaden Daniels do it with a, a, a litany of weapons at the wide receiver position, not just a, a solo superhero effort, unless you subscribe to the Cam Newton theories, which I mean, there's only been one of those walking around in college football in the history of college football that did what he did in 2012. So if Ten. you're going to bank on that, what? Ten. Ten. If you're going to bank on that, then go on. But we, we don't necessarily do that. So what I was thinking is, Man, this is going to create this idea of, hey, we're going to buy one impactful player. This is going to create like a bunch of seven and five football teams. And then NIL is really going to open the door for the powers, the elites of the elites, the blue bloods, the traditional blue bloods of college football, the money of college football. This is going to allow them to really enhance their total roster. And this poured out last year, or this year, I should say, in college football. We had like seven really, really good football teams at the end of the year. Like almost borderline flawless football teams. And it wasn't because of talent. It was because they might have had one deficiency. Maybe Ohio State wasn't good enough at quarterback. Maybe, uh, you know, uh, Georgia didn't finish the one football game. Whatever it was, we had like seven really, really good elite top-end big dog football programs. Guess what? The transfer portal on NIL allowed them to pick great football players from other teams, right? Go through all of these rosters. They've got transplants that were impactful players elsewhere that were, for lack of a better term, stolen by elite top-end programs and brought to there to impact what was maybe a top-10 team and, and vault them into that top-five discussion. 
That's what we saw. And I grouped Nebraska, incorrectly, into one of these. Into one of these, hey, just bundle up some money, go get you one great football player, and see what happens. Maybe you get to 7-5. and five. Maybe you're an 8-4 and four football team. Maybe you're a 9-3 and three football team on a good uh, Saturday, uh, a good group of Saturdays. And then come to find out, based off some research and development, Nebraska ain't one of these football teams. Nebraska, one of these football teams, got dumb, dumb money. And here's how I knew this. I am so SEC conditioned. All right, so SEC condition. Been covering this for four and a half years, almost five. Every story I've written, written on the, the facilities management, all right, it's uh, $80 million indoor, University of Georgia, uh, $40 million brand new locker room, LSU, uh, $100 million uh, stadium renovation, Tennessee, $85 million stadium renovation, Georgia, right? It's in that range. You sent me some daggum articles today talking about $500 million, talking about $3 billion uh, football uh, renovations. Can you give me some of these cliff notes on some of this uh, information that we found on Nebraska's donation pools today when we were and did some research on this stuff? Uh, yeah, so I think it was this earlier this year they approved or they're trying to get approved of a $485 million stadium renovation. Half just a bill. Just to the football stadium. This is just like completely renovating the south end end zone or each of the end zones, doing some seating stuff, making it accessible to disabled people and whatnot. So a whole bunch of money being poured into that. There's been some controversy around it, but. So half a billion dollars. Yes. And this is all donation pools. Yes. This is not TV revenue. This is not ticket sales. This is not anything. This is additional money that is being given to the football program. Half a billion dollars. That is their goal, by the way. And this ain't no 10-year plan. This is like a, a, a how quickly plan. Did we get on this? Uh, let me find wasn't this just a handful of years? This wasn't no decade. No, yeah. Um... Anyways, that's what we're working with. And here, here's why this is important. Okay, half a billion dollars, whatever it is. $100 million, whatever you think it is. The donation pools that Nebraska boosters are willing and able to pay for facility upgrades in 2023 will now be completely redistributed to pay for play. That's how this works, all right? You take the money that is available, that people are willing to distribute, and you go to Johnny, the booster, and you say, Johnny, the booster, I know you want to give us a half a million dollars for the new volleyball court or the new football uh, indoor weight room, and you want to put your name on a plaque. Save that, dog. You can put your name on Dylan Riola, all right? And then after that, we're going to need you to put your name on the five-star receiver that we need to go get him. And then, by the way, we also need you to put your name on, on, the, on the donation pool to the left tackle that we need as well. All right, so that's where the rest of the money needs to be redistributed. And guess what? The moment – I think part of the, the backlash on this was the moment Matt Rule got hired, he was like, hey, uh, why, why are we asking these boosters to spend all this money on facilities when we have an arms race now on talent – no longer an arm race on facilities. That is the lesson that I've learned from today, looking up Nebraska's daggum money pool, because Nebraska can and will be all right, an NIL player if they redirect some of this uh, booster funding. It's funny because there's actually a quote in the article talking about the stadium renovations where it says, I wish they would have waited to do these stadium renovations until Matt Rule won one more games. Ooh. Yeah. So that's where some of the – because, like, there's also apparently this whole ordeal with Nebraska right now about the university and they want more money poured into the academics, like paying professors more, providing Correct. more scholarships for students and whatnot. While and so, raising tuition. And they're saying the timing of everything is very um, insensitive, basically. The timing to me is NIL. Yeah. <laughs> that's yep. the time. Um, or it should be. That should be the timing around all of the, uh, all of the uh, programs in this country. If you're giving me money for a new turf field, save your money. 
We will deteriorate that asset. We will, we will spend money elsewhere to do that. Your donations now can go directly to asset acquisitions. All right, you can go directly into improving your roster if you redistribute your funds. And all we needed to know was whether or not they had funds. And boy, they got a lot of them. And there was also the 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 NIL thing that you were telling me about. Mm -hmm. Open source? Open doors. Open doors. Open doors is a company. Aren't they the ones that got into the the or the dispute on the NCAA uh, video game? Probably. Open Doors and the other likely. NIL brand. They are very heavy-handed in NIL. So there is a lot of these NIL, not a lot. There's like three of these NIL companies that have kind of uh, pigeoned or cornered the market on. We want to. We are so worried and so uh, concerned about player representation and making sure that these players maximize their uh, profit and portfolio and all this stuff. And we are so willing to do all of this agency work for you that all we want is a small cut. We want a small cut of every single player at every single school that we do a deal with. Open doors. You know who uh, is the CEO? Both CEOs, right? CEO and active manager. Yeah. Both of them are Nebraska grads. All right. So they are not only well ahead of this NIL oh. stuff, folks. They are the leaders. They are literally the leaders. They are the owners and chief operators of the biggest NIL company that I believe Georgia has a deal with. Oh, Don't yeah. they have an Open Doors deal? They're, yeah, tons of Georgia players have deals with them. All right, so Open Doors, huge company, basically trying to corner the market like Fanatics did for licensing of schools' uh, rights. Oh, yeah, and it's not just Nebraska grads. It's Nebraska Letterman football players. Football Former dudes. football players in the late 2000s, um, early 2010s. So, yeah, it's littered with Nebraska all over the names. They were all, the, the company was included in the Time 100 most um, – what was it, what was the name of it? Most influential businesses. They were put in this category for yeah, that. Yeah, they, they bought their way into that, too, because they, they got that cash. That's how all them Forbes list works. Um, I'm not I'm not salty about it. I just don't have enough money to get my name into a 30 under 30. But I think I'm, war I'm, I'm warranted of that. Mm -hmm. uh, you got anything on this? The fact that Nebraska's out here with this stupid long bread? I mean, from what we were saying on Monday, it's kind of surprising to see that they have this much because, again, it's it's not like it's a hub of Atlanta or Miami or at least Florida, these big states where there's a lot of spending notoriously, like oil money and things such as that. Right. But, I mean, if you have the means to pull something together like this, it'll happen. Well, you know, what's, what was interesting to me is, you know, like Warren Buffett. Yeah, I was about to get there. Warren Buffett, he goes to Nebraska games all the time. Larry the Cable Guy, that's also a Nebraska person. Like, if you look oh, up like – Oh, he's loaded, right? Uh, oh, yeah, big time. Yeah, big, big, yeah. big time. Um, <laughs> if you look up all these famous people that went to Nebraska, they're not the ones putting money back into this. Like, you'll, you'll read articles that talk about how Warren Buffett is not a type of person that donates, and if he does, it's under an anonymous name and whatnot. It's all about, and so that's what made me lead to believe that it's all NIL based in it. Because I typically, you know, you mentioned like how the person that owns Loves, they pour a lot of money back into their programs and whatnot. Jimmy Haslam. Yeah. Here, here's the concern. I just Googled Warren Buffett uh, and Nebraska football. And I don't, I, I have a bunch of people doing what we're doing saying, ooh, Warren Buffett, Nebraska Husker fan. Maybe he's pouring NIL money in. You, you know how many NIL articles I see? Zero. Yeah, exactly. Zero. You know what I do see? I see that he bet five dollars. Five dollars on them to beat Colorado. So we're talking about a dude worth billions and only gambling five dollars. We're also talking about a dude who, to this day, I believe, wakes up every morning and either goes to Dairy Queen or McDonald's for his morning breakfast. Checks out. Okay. So, and, and pays with cash and, and exact change. That's who we're talking about. A billionaire that lives like this. So I don't foresee him anytime soon just stroking a check in the Nebraska football uh, to, to acquire players. 
So yeah. that's even scarier. All this money is coming from other f sources, not one of the 10 richest people that we know in the world. And you know you'd hear about it because when people are doing things like that, when they're pouring back into their former university and they're able to write this nice big check to them, you hear about that type of stuff. That, that definitely gets an article written about it. You definitely hear about that in social media. Like, oh, Warren Buffett, Buffett donates this much money to the Nebraska football program for them to be able to do this. But you haven't heard anything about it. We're 40 subscribers short of 19,000. So we better have that happen within the next 40 minutes or everybody's fired. All right. Oh, damn. oh um, shit. Yeah, it's unfortunate. At least we made it Myself through a season. Included. Myself included. I'll just oh. retire. Hmm. Have a Gun cool, to your head. Cool basement, I guess. Yeah. Mom's basement. <laughs> Mom out here living right, cuz. Um, you got anything else on the Nebraska stuff? Let's Negative. move on. Um, dude, this Florida State stuff getting ugly. Hey. Is this all this real? Did you look up on the I don't there's know. A, there's a lot of smoke to it. There's nothing like super official yet, but there's a lot. From what I understand, this is kind of what it's always been. Florida State kind of wants out of the ACC. Mm -hmm. And I think them missing the playoff, like I said a couple weeks ago, them miss, being left out of the playoff mainly because their their regular season schedule wasn't tough enough, was kind of the nail in the coffin for them saying, okay, this conference has such little to offer now. When you look at the SEC and the Big Ten giving bigger revenue splits and our conference is now looked down upon, I think that's that's kind of the sentiment around Florida State. There hasn't been anything official coming yet. All right, so let's catch the audience up. There's been, uh, like, inklings, tea leaves, that the Big Ten has reached out to Florida State. There's also been inklings, tea leaves, that uh, Florida State brass and Florida – the literal state of Florida, uh, you know, we got government officials. Mm -hmm. They are trying to subpoena and essentially sue the CFP selection committee for their records. Yes. And this would be, if this happened, this would be epic because they would have to turn over whatever emails. And I would imagine there's probably some emails that you don't want publicly read out oh, there. So they would have probably, to settle. Yeah, for sure. They would have to settle. If this really goes through, which the under the, uh, the the basis of the subpoena, the basis of these claims that they actually go to court is that the CFP selection committee cost Florida State, uh, you know, X amount of dollars for withholding them from the college football playoff committee and the college football playoff ha would have to then prove essentially that they did so cleanly was it was it florida state or the state of florida as a whole the state of florida by representation of right florida state i right. believe the phrasing was for the damages that have occurred yes. like damages in terms of uh opportunity yes cost. I, I, yeah. for sure yeah shouts out to my my uh accounting 101 class actually it might have been 2020 uh, or 2010. Is, is that how it goes? It's 1010 and then 2010? I don't yeah, want to talk works? about anything with that. Anyways, so, because uh, one of them's, yeah, whatever. So, accounting. That's how opportunity cost. It's a flash word. Oh, times. I know all about opportunity costs. Yeah. Trust me. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. I don't think they followed through with any of this, but it no. sure is nice to sit here and talk about how loud they've getting. It's a good off-season topic. Yeah. I mean, or, it, and if they do follow through with it, holy shit, I mean. That would get very interesting. Very extremely quickly. ugly, extremely quick. Yes. Yeah. So punitive damages. Shouts out to MK Canty in the chat right there. Also, I want to take a quick second to do this because uh, I know there's a lot of Georgia people watching. I meant to do this in the local hour, but we had way too many uh, things going on. Coulter Jen, the uh, quarterback from Perry, was originally at Peach County. I saw him for the first time at the Elite 11 a couple years ago. I got to give shouts to Jeff Sintel. Very rarely does Jeff Sintel put me on a, a kid that, like, he thinks he's uber talented, and then I have to go over there and check off and be like, oh, dang, I missed here. Uh, not to say that, but, you know, 
I yeah, Jeff's my guy. That was awkward. Uh, anyways, Jeff put me on. Guys, like you got to watch this cult of Jen dude. Live arm, live arm. Okay, six foot. I'd say about two and a half. All right, real long, real lanky uh, uh, appendages, and like I said, real live arm comes out with immediate juice uh, and led Perry to a state title and does have a preferred walk-on opportunity at the University of Georgia. My intel tells me he's probably going to end up taking that at the University of Georgia because he wants to be a Georgia Bulldog, South or middle Georgia kid, uh, and wants to play for the G. Now, here's the thing. Everybody on that sideline over there that I just came home from, about 70 coaches on that sideline, Everybody saw what I saw in warm-ups, which that ain't no PWO arm. That, that's a mid-major offer arm. That is a we-get-this-kid-on-a-scholarship arm. That is a damn, if I'm Purdue, I might sniff it arm. All right, that's one of those and one of those frames. So here's, <laughs> here's what you're going to have to ward off, all right, with Coulter Jen. The fact that he just did that in front of a bunch of dudes and everybody's going to know that this guy's got a chooch on him. So you're going to have to fend oh. off. Some power five football teams, I would imagine. There's definitely some mid-majors. I know for a fact uh, teams like Coastal were, were heavily interested. Hmm. So you're going to have to fight off actual offers now for this kid yeah. to come to you as a PWO at the University of Georgia, which does have precedence. We talked about Logan Johnson hitting the portal. Troy uh, commit prior mm -hmm. to going to, to Georgia. Uh, Makai Muse, portal entry. Uh, was a guy that was begging for opportunities at the mid-major level coming out of high school, and he's going to get those now. So um, there you go. Uh, Marvin you think, Harris, what's up? I was just I said, do you think that's one of those things where it's you go to Georgia, you maybe put a couple of shots on film and then head out, or you just don't even go to Georgia? No, I, if, if your plan is to I'm going to go here and go to, to a better school, you need playing time, mm -hmm. um, even though – you, you would imagine you're getting development as a practice player, but here's what I know about the University of Georgia. That practice tape ain't going nowhere. That yeah. practice tape ain't going nowhere. All right, if you see somebody out here uh, tweeting out practice links uh, to, their, to their videos, they've probably already decided that they've torched every relationship with that coaching staff. <laughs> they, they keep that stuff like Fort Knox, dog. And I don't know why, because we got it. It's like you put it on tape every Saturday. We watch it. We know what y'all are doing. Um, I guess y'all don't want to see in practice, which makes sense. Um, I get it. Even Every high school detail. guys don't do it, huh? Every detail. Every detail. Um, trying to keep it in-house. Trying Every to keep thing. that thing under the black box. Mm. So I actually want to transition. I think this is a better transition. DJU to FSU. Is that, like, linked? Apparently he's got an official visit. Yeah, apparently okay. he's taking a visit. This and that, I think it's interesting because I was the I for one was like I think FSU is going to be a player in these transfer portal quarterback market because of Jordan Travis – Obviously, what you saw from the backup, limited snap count, what you saw from your backup, and then also the third string during this time. They'll get a better look at the backup, I guess, against Georgia, but really not even that good of a look because you might have opt-outs and whatnot. But interesting fit, in my opinion. I don't know. Would that be an upgrade from Trout and Travis or a downgrade? Mm, or downgrade. would it just be a lateral downgrade move? Downgrade for this opinion. reason. I remember studying FSU 2021 season, going into 2022, because Kenny Dillingham was their OC at FSU and then Kenny Dillingham went to be the OC at Oregon in 2022 and in 2023 has been the head, head the head coach job at Arizona State okay sorry my brain needed to track all of that but I was watching that to see what Kenny Dillingham was ultimately going to do with Bo Nix or what I thought he was going to do with Bo Nix in that matchup as we we're doing film breakdown for Oregon versus Georgia to open the season so I'm sitting here studying Kenny Dillingham, Florida State, what they're doing in their run game how they're involving the quarterback counter how they're involving basically 
uh, the quarterback run game with their run game, adding hats, being really, really explosive, all the RPO actions off of that. You, you got to be a runner. You got to be – and not to say that DJU can't do this. I, we saw some of the, the flash plays at Oregon of him, but he's 6'4", 250 pounds. Like, he's built like a tight end, not like a running back or not making moves like a running back. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know if it's it's a downgrade from that standpoint that this offense, in my opinion, works best when you have a real, real threat with the ball in his hands as a runner. Uh, yeah, but I think it's it'd be a good thing for them also, though, because you are going to lose your top two receiving targets. You are going to lose your starting quarterback. Yeah. Best thing to offset that would be let's go get a guy that's had multiple years of college experience who know, understands the game of football at this level can come to, and has experience in the ACC at that as well can come in here and kind of offset some of the deficiencies that we're about to have on the offensive side of the football. Yeah, I mean, you can always adjust your offensive scheme to the talents you have as well. Like, obviously, Jordan Travis and DJU are very, very different players from a skill set standpoint, so you can kind of adjust and create packages for those players. I'm trying to look. Dylan Gabriel going to Oregon. We think Cam Ward probably going to Ohio State. That's what the rumor is. Riley Leonard, we're going to talk about here in a minute, went to Notre Dame. Uh, Dewan Finn, the kid out of Toledo. Yeah. Uh, seems, will you check the rushing career, rushing stats on him? I don't want to stereotype. And I, I got on to people for doing it with white wide receivers. I'm definitely not going to do it with black quarterbacks. I don't want to assume he's a great athlete. What I'm trying to do here is circle the transfer quarterbacks that have dual threat capabilities. Okay, Brock Vandergriff gone to Kentucky. Tyler, or Tyler Van Dyke gone to Wisconsin. Will Rogers is a statue. There's not very many of them. Aiden Childs, the kid from Oregon State, no, th got some ability to do so. He's going to Michigan State. I think Cam Ward's probably the most athletic And we think bunch. he's going to Ohio State pretty much, right? Uh, Finn had over 500 rushing yards the last three seasons. So he is. He's a dual threat. He is there. So I would be, me personally, if I'm Florida State, I would be really, really heavily evaluating Dewan Flynn yeah. or Dewan Finn because I think he does similar things to what uh, you know Jordan Travis has done for us the last couple of years. That being said, Mike Norvell, offensive-minded guy, history background, offensive coordinator, uh, you know, give him, give him whatever. I, I, I love the chat right here, Big Ben type. Uh, is what DJU is for me. Mm. That that looks like Ben Roethlisberger when I watch him play. Uh, ben, Roth, ben Roethlisberger with a, a, a catcher's arm in terms of how it whips. Hmm. That dude's ear out, ear out every single time. It's not long. Uh, so, yeah, DJU uh, down there at Florida State, official visit. I don't love the fit, but, again, they, they designed some offense for him. Yeah. I, I don't like it as much. as I would love K.J. Jefferson down there. Ooh, that would be interesting to watch. I would love KJ Jefferson down there. You telling me KJ Jefferson is going to be running quarterback power, counter, wrap, all that good stuff, and all he's got to do is throw back shoulder there balls. Has, has there been anything to come out? What? What? His? No. Up, I mean, nothing. Isn't it South no Carolina's way. going hard for him? Or I guess, but South Carolina's in on pretty much. Did he ever officially enter the portal? That's another question. Did he ever officially enter the portal? I don't know that he did. Give me a quick Google. I don't know what's going to end up happening with K.J. Jefferson. He's not on the list right here, so maybe he's going back to Arkansas. No, he's not. They just signed. The, they just got the kid from Boise State. Yeah. The 6'6 kid. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The, 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 K, the K.J. Jefferson weird. sweepstakes have been very quiet. Very, very quiet. That's a weird situation going on there. Um, what do we think about Riley Leonard to Notre Dame? Aren't they just doubling down on this ACC uh, you know, attempt? Yeah. I think this kid's better than Sam Hartman in terms of a ceiling hmm. standpoint. Yeah. Sam Hartman was a great and efficient college quarterback what do you got there's nothing on him entering the portal so he's not hmm. maybe he's not officially in the portal but they sure are behaving like he yeah. is yeah they're acting like they're preparing next year without him that's interesting but no riley Leonard, i think like you said higher ceiling than sam hartman but it, it's also what does that entail what is the ceiling of a notre dame quarterback i mean is it 
you throw for 350 yards in your first week and then you get a bunch of Heisman hype to go nine and three, or is it you can actually have a, a national championship competitive team with your quarterback? Better yet. So we had the conversation earlier in the year about Sam Hartman might be the most talented Notre Dame quarterback ever. Mm. Yep, I remember Is that. Riley Leonard going to be that now? Well, we said most talented since Brady Quinn. Since Brady Quinn. Ever, okay. Last 20 years. Um, Look at God, what this guy did in 1940. It's been that long since Brady Quinn's played. Didn't he play like mid-2000s? Yeah. He played in 2005. So, yeah, it's about 18 years ago. That's insane. Yeah. Um, Best run at quarterback for Notre Dame. Look at that. Yep, had the uh, old Rydell uh, face mask I mean, with the bin in it. If, if we're being fair, Everett Golson was pretty talented. Yeah, and they had uh, the kid that ended up getting drafted early second round and ended up playing for the Cleveland Browns for a while, uh, Deshaun Kaiser. Uh, yeah, Kaiser. Oh, yeah, yeah, he yeah. put up their big, strong, physical kid. Uh, but Riley Leonard's probably one of the more talented guys they've had in a while. Uh-huh. But I don't – it's hard to – just ex- like believe that the guy's gonna walk in and have immediate success. Yeah. Like how many guys in year one had like boomers? Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is Burrow one. was year two. Bo Nix had a good Baker year. Mayfield year two. Caleb Williams. Bo Nix had a good year last year. Caleb Williams won the Heisman, year one. That's so that's fair. a good call. All right, so it's possible. But look who we're talking about. We're talking about very, very special football mm-hmm. players. We're also tonight. talking about a guy who followed his OC Correct. and head coach. That. Over. That eliminates him from this discussion. <laughs> Great point. Yeah. Again, why you're sitting there. Um, but, yeah, I, that eliminates him from that discussion. But very rarely do you see immediate, like, year one pops. Yeah, but did, how, how much eligibility does he have left? Is this his last oh, year? Or is it, be it. I don't know. I don't know. COVID. We're going to deal with this for years. He's got three years left. <laughs> He's got 12 years left. Um, I mean, yeah, I was just looking at the Toledo kid, and he had five years on his stat reference. Yeah. Good He's going to play a sixth. Easy money. Yeah. Play a sixth like Bo Nix Yes, did. play a sixth. Well, Bo, Bo played five. Bo Nix was, yeah, Bo Nix Bo was only five. Bo Nix was 2019 and 2023. But still, first person to ever start every game for five years. Yep. Yeah. Which used to, but not allowed. Shouts out COVID. Uh, where do we want to go to next? Want to talk about this fit for Tyler Van Dyke to Wisconsin? Sure. Actually, we're, we're no, we still got 30 minutes left. Um, or 27 minutes left. So where do you want to go? We can do Marvin Harrison still hasn't made a decision yet, which is kind of surprising with me. I feel like just in general in college football, we have not seen NFL draft declarations. Got folks checking in from Guam. Shout out. I couldn't put Guam on a map right now. No, I couldn't either. My geography, not very. I can tell you the United States. It's all that matters. Somewhere in the ocean. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it sounds believable. Is it everywhere technically somewhere in the ocean? No. Oklahoma is not. Okay, I mean, that's a state, yeah. But the United States is. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> super, super geography. But, yeah, ocean. I feel like we've been lacking, like, NFL draft declarations in general across yeah. college football. Like, typically by now, I feel like, especially for the teams that are no longer in the college football playoff, mm-hmm. There, a lot of the players, you know for a fact, like, all right, these people are going, they're already going to declare, especially ones that feel this obvious. People like Marvin Harrison. I just had a, a realization, okay? The, everyone's talking about these NIL bags, and I know we're talking about Marvin Harrison, mm-hmm. and it's been a rile at night. But everyone kept doing the, his dad's got uh, transcendent wealth. His dad's got family money. His dad played in the league. His dad this, his dad that. 
I looked it up today. Do you know what the, the average salary in 2024 or 2023 for a center is? It's the lowest paid position on the field, by the way. The lowest starter average salary, the center position in the NFL, which is what Dominic Rowe played for 12 years. So let's just do it this way. For 12 years, the average salary now is $13 million. Okay, It has drastically increased over the last couple for of years. For a center or just in general? For a center. Okay? Tackles is all the way up to like 25, 30, yeah. almost like drastically different. Mm -hmm. Okay. If I told you that Dominic Rayola for 12 years averaged $5 million a year in income, would you say that's about right? Just to make the math yeah. easier, that's yeah. $60 million. Yeah. Five times 12 $60 million. That's what he made on paper. Okay. Immediately taxes get half of that. Mm -hmm. $30 million. He quit playing five years ago. I'm not pocket watching. What I'm trying to do to you is tell you that $60 million on paper when you made it for 10 years from 2012 or 2000 to 2012, okay, doesn't look like $60 million in your bank account in 2023. So for the people doing the, well, he's got family money. He does have family money. But let's say his dad's worth $13 million. If I'm worth $13 million and I got an opportunity to, let's just throw a ballpark out there, make $2 million a season, that's a lick. That is a lick. All right, that is like 20% of our family's net worth right now. So the whole idea that, oh, he's got, they got money. Yeah, and it's more money. More money is still very, very important. So unless you have made billions of dollars, don't tell me that millions aren't shit and millions don't impact decisions because millions still impact decisions. Again, $60 million 10 years ago, after taxes, immediately it was 30 mil. All right, and then after all the expenses probably got dwindled down to about, let's just say he saved a lot of money, $20 million. Let's say he got $20 million in his bank account. $2 million is a tenth of that net worth right now. You do that. It's still impactful money. So this idea that all this, oh, you know, they're rich. It doesn't matter. His kids ain't rich. You know what I'm saying? Like, he might be set up for life, but not everybody. The kids' kids ain't set up for life. So all the money still matters. Don't tell me it doesn't matter. That was a good econ lesson. We haven't had that. That's that probably the most educational segment we've had on the Film Guy Network. Shouts out. Just me and you trading compliments today. I love it. I'll give yeah. you one in a minute, baby. <laughs> I got but you no, the, the thing that's... The, <laughs> yeah, that was weird. I didn't even hear it. I wasn't Anyways, you come on. The thing that's the weirdest thing about this Marvin Harrison thing is it seems like the, the thing that's making him stay the most right now, or the mainstream thing is he still hasn't completed his two goals, which is win the Big Ten and beat Michigan. And that's... Yeah, what happens it, if he loses a natty super senior? Yeah, I mean, and, yeah, I mean, and, and, and that's what's keeping him from making millions and millions of dollars in the NFL. Yeah. It, it just doesn't make sense to me. And then, of course, there's these other rumors where Ohio State's coming out with a bag for him and Travion Henderson. So it's like it's there's something going on that's make, keeping him from making this decision. I just don't know what it is. Maybe and maybe. So like, let's assume all of that is true. Let's assume that his two life goal, his two goals that he wanted to accomplish while he is at Ohio State. Are what truly they 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 matter a lot. Like they are heavy setters in this like decision won't be for able him. To sleep at night if he doesn't. Do Absolutely. It. And then let's also say that maybe it's not the twenty million that he would get in the NFL, but let's say Ohio State has set aside a nice NIL package for him. Maybe the last deciding factor for him is who the heck is going to play quarterback next year? Because I just had to do a whole season of Kyle McCord. I just Buddy. had to go sit a whole season of that. He's done seven or five seasons with Kyle McCord. Four high school seasons with that Joker, and then a senior, uh, a junior yeah. season in college. Good point. And I mean, not to mention he a still won, he still won the Bolitnikoff with so him. So maybe yeah. it's just who you're going to go grab out of the portal, Cam Ward. And if it's Cam Ward, who knows what could happen? 
Or if, if it's uh, – what's his name? I always forget man's name. 33, the quarterback up there from California. Daniel Brown? Devin Brown. Devin Brown. I'm getting there. It's one of these days, this recall machine is going to be up there. I think it's all right, but it's not elite. It's not 100% perfect. I, I, I want to get there one day. Um, yeah, I, I think obvi- the obvious signs for this hesitation are – like people want to point to NIL. But, again – I don't believe the reports of the – I think the the highest I believe that I will ever tell you on this network in reporting or ever for right now up to this point is $2 million in one season. That is the highest dollar amount that anybody has. It's almost like the glass ceiling that nobody wants to break. Okay, because even though there isn't a salary cap right now in college football, even though it feels like the wild, wild west, people don't want to people don't want to reset markets if they don't have to. That's again, econ lesson one on one. That's a good business lesson. If I only have to pay if me and competitors right now are paying two million dollars for something, the last thing I want to do is offer five million dollars because the next time somebody comes around, everybody's going to be asking for five million dollars. Now we have drastically reset every bit of the market. So if we just, boom, the market is two mil. Nobody go over it. Silent agreement. Um, This is how collusion happens. And this is honestly how it used to operate. Used to, cash payments, if they found out you were working over, let's throw a number at it, $500,000 in the old school of cheating, the bag payment, the bag man. If somebody found out you were doing some Ole Miss baggery, all right, they would send the NCAA after you. They, they'd rat your ass out. Outside of that, it was, uh, what do you call it, rules amongst thieves. It was the unwritten rules amongst thieves used to. Now, it seems like the unwritten rule amongst, quote, unquote, legal thieves on this NIL front is this $2 million mark. This idea that one individual player is out here getting buku bucks is blasphemous or a lie from the program like the chat's talking about right now in Jaden Rashada. The Jaden Rashada deal was one of these astronomical dollar amounts. And guess what? Ass was in the portal within like five weeks of getting down there, asking out of his uh, national letter of intent down there at Florida. So Fugazi, every one of these stories that we hear about where it's these stupid ass evaluations for college football players. I I buy the $2 million a season, even though that to me is astronomical. Yeah. I mean, you hear these conversations every single time free agency occurs in any type of sport, whether it be football, baseball, whatever. Like if there's a big market for pitchers in the MLB, Everybody's waiting to see how much that first guy gets signed for. And we're like, okay, how much is Shohei Otani going to get signed for? Well, you find out it cost him $700 million if you want to sign yourself a Shohei Otani. Well, that gauges us like, okay, that's what the best of the best gets. What now it settles the market for everybody else. And talk about resetting the market, like when Patrick Mahomes got his extension with the Chiefs, that reset the quarterback market and so on. Um, so the the Nico dollar amount is the, the line, right? The Nico Yamavea. I think that's how you pronounce yeah. it. Nico, the dollar amount of $2 million. I was told by people out in California that, that that wasn't even close to what they were asking for. They were asking for like a quarter of that, and they got that. And it was like, okay. Thanks. They, they, yeah. They did what I'm telling you you're not supposed to do, which is blow people out of the water. You should gauge the market and then reset the market by like 2%. Or three percent, or four percent, or five. You should not reset the market by fifty percent or one hundred percent. Which, hey, but you know, them folks up in Knoxville, man, they they had that cash laying around. They got a little giddy. They said, "Ooh, five star quarterback. We ain't had one of those since Peyton Manning. Let's go home, go on, throw that bread." And that's exactly what they did on that one. It sounds like so, <laughs> Nico. I'm about to be leaving. <laughs> Nico, I'm about to leave a. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that's funny, man. Shouts out to the chat tonight. Ooh, that's a good chuckle. <laughs> what do you think about Tyler Van Dyke to Wisconsin? Supposed to be – they tried to be an air raid system last year. Yeah. Uh, the kid from SMU. Mordecai. Mordecai. Tanner Mordecai. I was going to get there. Tanner Mordecai uh, got hurt early on, mid-season, mid-season this year. Yeah. yeah. And uh, just didn't pan out. That was a guy that they were ready to, to run the air raid with. He was chunking it 45 times a game at SMU. I mean, I think it's a good fit. Obviously, he did some good things with Miami this year. But, again, how how close is a Wisconsin team to competing or being what they want to be? Mm. Is it is it a Tyler Van Dyke away? Like, is, no. is Nebraska a Dylan Riola away from being national championship competitors or is this going to take a more time? I think Luke Fickle slightly disappointed me this year. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. It was unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But I, I also didn't love – and I don't know if I, I talked about him being a great coach. I didn't love the complete identity change. Like they weren't air raid at Cincy. No, they no. were pro, like very balanced. Uh, did everything. I don't know. Why I got some uh, burp right there in my throat, waiting to come out. There it was. Um. Anyways, they were very it was super clean and professional right here. You wonder why I'll never work for a big <laughs> TV network. That's it right there. That right there is my homeboy right here. Will never work for ESPN anytime soon. Uh. Oops, excuse me. Uh, that kind of deal. What were we talking about? I don't even know. Man. I don't even Tyler, know. you're talking Tyler about Luke Van Fickle. Dyke, they were never Luke that Fick, way at Cincinnati. Luke Here we go. They were never an air raid offense, and it played into the balance of their culture as a football team. They were a 3-3 odd football team defensively that lived off of physicality, having big, tall, long corners that got in your face and disrupt timing. And not to say you can't be that, but how many air raid football teams do we see with physical-based defenses? The only one I can think of in terms of chaos producing was what Mike Leach was doing at Mississippi State, where he had this air raid system with this hybrid 3-3 stack. Okay, that kind of thing was we're going to be havoc-inducing, we're going to be after your ass, we're going to be physical, and we're going to play air raid. Most of these are, are defense is going to play keep it in front of you football and opportunistic, maybe try to get a turnover every once in a while. Uh, but, you know, rotate a lot of guys, stay fresh, play a bunch of bodies, be basic. Offense going to be the the super unique football team. Yeah. So it wasn't what I envisioned a Luke Fickle football program to be. Yeah, and I think it just kind of goes against everything that's happening around you within that conference. Now, of course, the identity of this conference is probably going to change a little bit because you're getting some Pac-12 teams coming in and whatnot. But just like – that is not the foundation, and that's not how we recognize Big Ten teams. We do not recognize them as like, all right, we're going to chunk it 40 times a game, and then we're also going to allow our defense to allow however many points a game. Like, it, it's just, that I might don't know. Change I think, next year, though. Very, that might change next absolutely. year. Absolutely. So, I don't know. I just think it, based on what your competition is and based on what you're having to go against every single week, I don't know if that's the direction I would be heading in. We get kicked off of uh, FCC right now. Can't have more than like five seconds of silence. Mm. So, uh, Riley Leonard in Notre Dame. I know we kind of hit it on earlier. Uh, do we think it's actually going to pay off? I I don't. Is They're, Notre Dame is Notre Dame a national championship contain? They're only going to be as good as their weapons. And it, this is what happened, I think, with Hartman earlier in the year. He looked great when their wide receivers were healthy, and then they got banged up and uh, lost the kid from Pope for the for a, a large portion of the season mm-hmm. and they say you know they don't have an ex-receiver and now all of a sudden they're constipated and that happened really quickly yeah i just notre dame has never been one of those teams that i feel like, like they've had good tight ends they are they had um what's his name i don't know why i'm blanking on him uh um, mayor 
No, Matt, no they Cole had Mayer. Cole Komet. Cole Komet, and then they also had Claypool, Chase Claypool. Oh, he was yeah, also yeah, at Notre yeah, Dame yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Ever since those guys have kind of filtered out, which I know Michael Mayer was not very long ago, but, like, they haven't had, like, these outside um, towards the boundary weapons. They haven't really had these elite wide receiver guys. They've kind of – I don't know. And I feel like if you are going to be getting into the quarterback market and the transfer portal and getting guys like Riley Leonard and Sam Hartman – Kind of got to do a little bit of both. Kind of got to go get this, some guys to throw the ball to as well. Uh, another one we didn't have on the show sheet was Deion Burks, a slot receiver going to uh, Oklahoma. Hmm. Is this, I don't know if Stoops is coming back out there, but that's a replacement for the Stoops kid, which is so – it's always been vital in that that Oklahoma, even when uh, Lincoln was there. They run in a very, it's very unique spread offense still to this day. Um, that slot receiver – that's like immediately open, immediately uh, a yak gadgety. guy, huh? Very gadgety. Yeah, very gadgety. This is this is a perfect uh, little addition for them in Deion Burks, kid from Purdue, hmm. um, who last year, you know, had forty-seven receptions for six hundred twenty-nine yards. This is what I'm talking about. A guy that had, you know, almost fifty receptions at an X spot or a Z spot, you would expect a thousand yards, right? Mm -hmm. Like how many receptions this year does Marvin Harrison have? Probably around that number. Yeah, I I'm think thinking. So. Okay, 50 receptions divided by 13 games. What's that, like six and a half catches a game? Just under, Seven catches yeah. a game? Like, that, that, that's X production at the slot receiver spot um, for a, a guy that's really, really uh, jittery, if you will. So, I think that's a solid addition for Oklahoma. Hmm. Venables did what he needed to do this year. Seven and five, lost a lot of tight football games last year. Ten and two this year. Inexplicable loss. Uh, to uh, who was it? Oklahoma State. Yep. And who was the other one? Um, you dropping one. I oh no, he beat Texas. They had two losses this year. Yeah, they did have two losses. Um, Kyle. Iowa State. Maybe. Maybe. That sounds right. Either way, two I mean, losses. Big Twelve losses. Classic Big Twelve yeah. losses. Losing Dylan Gabriel though. This is. Yeah, but this tough. this next dude, this Jackson Arnold dude, is supposed to be a that's guy. That's true. Mm -hmm. That's, that's supposed a good to be point. NFL traitsy. Here's a question I have. With pretty much every Power Five con or Power Five conference going away from divisions this year, which teams are benefited more and hurt more? Because you have to imagine a team like Iowa that can just kind of limp through the West hurt drastically. Yeah, oh, any but team then in like, the Big but then West. like a Michigan team where it's or an Ohio State where you lose the game and then you're out of the playoffs. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking teams like LSU are drastically helped out in this situation. Because uh, now it's not necessarily about it's the little brother in the in the divisions that you that you look at in this situation where you're like, all right, they're they're increased chances right yeah. now. Yeah, SEC, I think of teams individually. Like Tennessee, probably somewhat benefits from this because every single year now they do not have to play Georgia and Alabama. Yeah, you don't have to run through the two powerhouses in the conference. Mm -hmm. Now on the flip side, you're adding in Oklahoma and Texas, so, so that kind of balances things yeah. out. But occasionally, you're like it's not set in stone every single year. Like you're going to have to do this. And I think the rotation—don't quote me on this—but I think the rotation is basically you'll play everybody in the conference once every four years or something like something that. Maybe even like less that. than that. There's, from what I understood, there's four like untouchables where it's like you're going to play these teams yes. every year, and then the four that rotate. And Auburn got cut out of Georgia's untouchables didn't they no i think the untouchables for georgia are auburn tennessee florida and one other team south carolina maybe? no south they're not on south schedule carolina next year, year. Hmm. kentucky maybe something like that could be either way did you hear about this conspiracy about the georgia texas game uh-uh. We kind of we kind of talked about it earlier how you were talking about yeah the f1 i took an f1 what you talking about conspiracy? that's that's kind of with this Apparently, Georgia fans are not even maybe Georgia fans. I don't want to group them in together, but there's this conversation that 
Texas and the SEC got together and were like, oh, well, did you hear that Austin is hosting this F1 race this weekend? And they're like, what if we put the Georgia-Texas game that weekend to make sure that Georgia fans can't come flood the stadium and can't travel to the football game? That's what people are hypothesizing. Hypothesizing, thank you. I don't know if I believe that. I think boy, it's like boy, there's some tin foil hat shit going on off nowadays. Season, baby. But that is some that is some that ain't made out of we tin had foil. Tampering with planes at the airport mm. this week. Now that we got, was crazy. That was wild. That one was wild. Fans are insane. <laughs> um, no, I don't. I, this is the F one conspiracy would have to mean that like everybody's in on it. Like the SEC conference is in on it. The F1's and, in and on it. And they're in on it like eight months in advance. F1's in on it. Plus, <laughs> Everybody's in on it. My whole thing is like, if you are Texas. Ooh, ooh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Chat saying stay in San Antonio. Negative. Negative. That's 55 minutes. Yeah, it's not We've easy made drive. That one. We've made that drive at uh, 2 o'clock in an Uber. It's not a good one. San Marcos. Right. Huh? San Marcos. San Marcos. That's the place. That's stay the where spot. UTEP's at. That is the spot. Um, I don't know if we're gonna go to the Adidas All American game. We'll talk about it after this. Um, what was I? Go- oh, I w- but like, if I'm Texas, I would not want to put those two games together for that. I would want them to be separate, at least from the city of Austin, mm-hmm. because then you get to compile of F one one weekend just by itself, and then you get to stack on top another weekend where you get to bring in more fans from Athens, and you get to combine all that with your ec- more. Ec- economics more economics talk. yeah i mean i i think it also stems from the fact that they moved media days this year so there's kind of this conspiracy mm. that the sec is now in bed with texas but again it's all conspiracies they are the biggest brand now in the conference yeah you think oh it's indubitable hmm. i believe they're the only them and notre dame are the only two football programs in the history to have their own television network that tells you what major billion-dollar corporations think about these fan bases. They are so loud, large that they get their own channel. How could they not be the biggest brand in the sport or in the conference? I mean, yeah, but that was also a negotiation thing, and both of those channels failed miserably, so it's not... I wouldn't say the NBC deal with Notre Dame has failed. They've been running it for 12 years or okay, however long. In NBC, I'm, I'm thinking like Longhorn Network where it's, oh, we literally no, no, have no. our own channel. NBC has – they only cover Notre Dame. Yeah, that Saturday. that I don't think has failed. Miserably, but Longhorn Network did crash yeah. and burn. So I think – Correct. So Every time you buy a bottle of Tito's, you're supporting the Longhorns. Oops. You know, I obviously quit drinking, but that was a vodka choice. Efficient, you know. Yeah. Efficient and cheap. Like cheap equality. I don't like I don't like vodka. Not a vodka guy. No. What are you? What are you? Oh, you're a dark liquor guy. Yeah. Yeah. You're a uh, a whiskey. See whiskey. Whiskey tango foxtrot. Um, <laughs> that'll be it for tonight's show. Appreciate you guys watching, man. Uh, if you stuck around and gave us a chance to be your host for national audiences, uh, we appreciate your national college football. We appreciate you. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. We will cross over nineteen thousand within the blink of an eye. I would imagine before midnight tonight. So what are we at now? Uh, we're at eighteen. We're at eighteen nine seventy. I think. Let me look. Hold on. Eighteen nine six four. So we need thirty six subscribers to hit nineteen thousand. And I'm tweeting out a buffalo tonight. I love you. We'll see you tomorrow.